Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Good morning. Welcome to the Douglas Community Center. Still church, so we're still happy to pray liturgy and still do church. Let's get right into the liturgy today in the gospel, which we just heard. It's really a parable, and you probably heard the parable many times, but I just want to go through it really quickly so you understand it. And what does it mean to us? That's really what we do here as priests. We just take the Bible and say, okay, that's, what does that mean? And what does that mean to us? And today there's an owner of a vineyard. He owns the vineyard. And we know the owner to be who? Who's the owner of the vineyard? Okay, let's be specific on when we say God. The owner of which part of, which part of the Trinity? God the Father. Very good. So the owner of the vineyard is God the Father. He has a vineyard. And he's giving it to a tenant to lease it out. So they can do some harvesting and, and bring forth grapes and fruits and things. Who's the tenant he's giving a chance to bring fruit? Who's the tenant? Oh, you got to say it louder than that. Okay, good. I, sorry, I just, there's, a, there's a big fan behind me here. It's making a lot of noise. So, yeah, it's us. So, God the Father, He's the owner of the vineyard. And He's saying, hey, I'm going to give you the vineyard to plant. But there's a condition. Bring me fruit. That's right. If any owner has a business and he wants, he wants some production from his business, that's okay. We understand that. So, God the Father is the owner of the vineyard. The tenant is us. And what happened to the... To the vineyard. Did the people bring a lot of fruit? Did they bring a lot of fruit? Yes or no? No. They didn't bring any fruit. <laughs> that was a problem. So the owner sent servants to say, look, please bring fruit. The owner wants fruit. And they said, yeah, 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 whatever. They didn't listen. So then the owner had to send someone very special. Who did he send? His son. Very good. He sent his son and the son came. And what did they do to the son? They killed him because they thought they were going to receive what? If we kill the son, we're going to have the vineyard, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever, right? If the son dies, it doesn't mean the inheritance goes to the people there. So they killed the son. And this is all a parable because God was speaking to the Pharisees and the leaders of the church to say, I'm giving you something special. Do something special with it. Bring forth fruit. Don't just do there and hurt the people around you and, and leave them starving spiritually, right? So that's kind of the parable today. He put the same in us. God the Father put in us this beautiful vineyard and we should use it. The problem is, here's the problem. We blame those Pharisees so quickly. Every time I, I read the Bible, I was like, oh, those guys, they're, what are they doing? But God gave us our vineyard, our life, to do something fruitful for Him. Think about that for a second. God gave us our life, our vineyard. Let's use vineyard as an example. To use it to bring forth fruit for Him. Not for us. But most times we're bringing forth fruit for ourselves. And that's what the people did today in this parable. <clears throat> so it sounds crazy. But let's be honest. He planted us in this family. He planted us in this church. And he planted us in this community for a reason. He needs to see fruit 
in this area. There's a Psalm 80 which precedes the gospel. In the vineyard which your right hand has planted and the branch that you made strong for yourself. I want you to know something very clearly before we get into this a little bit more. God planted your vineyard. It says God planted with his own hands. He planted you in that specific family. He said, oh, why this family? My family. No, he planted you in that family. He planted you in this area. He planted you in this church. He planted me in this church. So he can see his vineyard blossom. He can see his vineyard blossom. So keep that in mind as we go through this. Let's keep that in mind as we go a little bit further. Now, if you take that as the background, God planted you in a vineyard. He planted you in this area. He planted you in that specific family. He planted us for a reason. I want us to turn to one verse today. And this verse, by the way, is the verse that all the mission groups who went on mission trips, this was the theme verse. And I don't know if you saw those like blue shirts. Those blue shirts had the theme verse in the front. It came today in the readings. So I was thinking when I was preparing, I was like, what did God, what do you want to say to us? What do you mean planted us here for what? Well, let's look at, let's open together our Bibles. You'll get, this is the theme verse for all the mission trips. And this is the verse today in the readings of the Catholic epistle. It's 1 Peter 3.15. Let's turn together there. 1 Peter 3.15. I want you to turn there because I know this is a very, very, very important verse. Because this answers one question. Why are you planted in this vineyard? What do you want us to do in this vineyard? In my family, in my church, in my community, in my work, in my... What do you want us to do? It's the theme verse that came once again. 1 Peter 3.15 says... But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. That's part one. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Part two. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Two parts. First part, sanctify your heart. We're going to talk about that in a second. Part two, be ready to tell people the hope that is in you. What hope? What happened? What is the hope? What do you mean? That's what we're... God planted us in a vineyard. And He wants two things from us today based on this verse. It is to sanctify our hearts. And then be ready to tell people what's so special about what you believe. What's so special about your God? What's so special about what you're going through? Like what do you have that I don't have? That should be ready to be shared. It says here, be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you. Let's get right into it. These two parts. Part one. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. I want to say something very clear to you. That's why we're here in liturgy. I know we come in and we want to get to the, the conclusion. Let's get communion. I'm coming here to take communion. But along the way, there's some beautiful things I want to tell you. In the liturgy... God has a part, many parts, which sanctify our hearts. I'm going to share them with you, and I want you to listen to this. There's a part called the anaphora. Anaphora is Greek for lifting up. There's a part when the priest says, lift up your hearts to the Lord. You know that part? Lift up your hearts to the Lord. And what do you say back? You said, they are, they are with the Lord. Do you know that's actually a part of the sanctification? That's the part where... We say, God, my heart is yours. Clean it. So when God says, lift up your hearts, and you say, they are with the Lord, that means you're ready to offer your heart to be sanctified. 
This is a part of the, the time in liturgy right before the Holy Spirit comes that we ask God to prepare our hearts. So in the liturgy, we're starting this sanctification process. So that was the anaphora. What does it mean? Who remembers? It means lifting up. Yes, we have someone from, from the Greek who can give us a, a little... I love all the Greek words. They really, anaphora is lifting up of what? What are you lifting up? Your hands? Maybe your hands, but most importantly, your hearts. Why? Because in liturgy today, in liturgy today, God's going to sanctify. God is going to purify. And when, we, when you say, they are with the Lord, you've got to mean it. You can say, oh, they're with the Lord. And then we stay daydreaming. No. That's the beginning of offering your heart. Now, there's something called the epiclesis. More big words. Uh, it's, it's fun. This is a day of words. Epiclesis. Epiclesis is actually when the priest prays for the Holy Spirit to descend on, on what? Who knows? On the bread and wine and us. So, I don't know if you, you can't hear. It's a silent prayer. It says, let the Holy Spirit. Here's the prayer. Let the Holy Spirit descend upon us and upon these gifts, set forth and purify them, change them, and manifest them as a sanctification of your saints. Guys, when we said we're going to sanctify the Lord in our hearts, this liturgy is for sanctification. First we lift them up, and then God starts cleaning. The whole liturgy is that. Now that's not even it. By the way, I'm only sharing three or four different parts of liturgy when God is sanctifying us. By the way, sanctified, just for you younger kids, means to make yourself holy. God is going to make us holy. He's going to clean and purify and sanctify. There's a part after the epiclesis when we do seven prayers. Listen to the first prayer. Make us worthy, our master, to partake of your holies unto the what? Purification of our souls, bodies, and spirits. Again, we're asking God to purify our souls, bodies, and spirits. Let the sanctification continue. So that verse in 1 Peter when it says, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. That's the first step. We lift up our hearts in the anaphora. The Holy Spirit inflames our hearts through the epiclesis. And then we get to the seven prayers. We're asking God, God, God continue to pray to purify our, our hearts. And then we get to the fraction. Does everybody know what a fraction is? It's at the end when the priest is what? What is he doing, the priest? He's what? He's playing, doing a puzzle up here. It is kind of like a puzzle, by the way. He breaks up the bread, the body, and he puts it back together like a puzzle. But during that part, the fraction, you know what happens? Here's what the priest says. Purify our souls, bodies, hearts, eyes, understanding, our thoughts, our consciences, so that with a pure heart and enlightened soul. Again, I just mentioned four parts of liturgy. There's 20 or 30 parts. The whole liturgy is really clear. God is going to sanctify you and me. Why? Why? God is going to sanctify us on this altar. And I want you to hear this really clearly. God is going to sanctify us on this altar. So we become the second altar. What does that mean? Anybody have an idea what that means? He's going to sanctify us here on this altar. We're going to lift up our hearts in the anaphora. The Holy Spirit is going to inflame and purify and clean. The seven prayers. We're asking God to purify our souls, bodies, minds, everything. In the fraction, again, our eyes, our mouth, everything. Purify them, Lord. Why? 
Because we're going to be sanctified by what happens here. So we become the second altar. This is the first altar. We become the second altar. Why? What does second altar mean? That doesn't make any sense. Is when you go out in the world, what happens outside there? You're an altar. You bring the presence of God to the people. God said today the parable, you're the vineyard. There should be fruit. When you walk around and you speak to people, people should be encouraged and strengthened and have hope. So the first part of that, 1 Peter 3.15, is sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. That's what we do in liturgy. Don't miss it. Every part of liturgy is sanctified. God is cleaning. We come here for a cleaning, a washing. Don't miss it. Don't, don't miss it by thinking about something else. Just say, God, I need you. I lift up my heart to you. Clean it, wash it, purify it. So that we become the second altar. We walk out those doors. We can speak differently in our families. We're not so angry. We're not so upset about things so easily. We're, we're more forgiving. More, we, should be diff- we should be encouraging. Because the second part of 1 Peter 3.15 is what? Be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you. Guys, the only way to get hope is to come and get it here. Once you have it here, you've got to go out there. We can't pretend to have hope. It's not words you say. It's the Spirit of God that's in you. You are the second altar. The hope that is in you. This is an opportunity for us as a church in our vineyard. God gave STSA Leesburg a vineyard in this area, in our homes, in our communities. So those people around us who are down, God sent us to lift them up. Those who want to give up, God is sending us to lift them up. Those who are hurt outside, God wants us to be part of the healing. Those who make sin, including us, God wants to bring forgiveness. Those who are hopeless, God wants us to be part of bringing the hope. You are sanctified here. You are sanctified here so we can be part of sanctifying the world around us. The world is slowly fading, far, coming darker. But guess what? We are the shining lights of this world. There's a part, I'm reading the book of Esther, and there's a part where Mordecai tells Esther, who knows if you're actually here in this city, I'm going to kind of paraphrase, who knows if you're in this place for a time like this. When the world is like that, I don't have to explain, and who knows if we're here for a purpose in our vineyard right now, at this time, in 2023, for a time like this. Esther had to do something to save all of the people during that time from being annihilated and being killed. If she didn't speak up, if she didn't do something, they would all have been dead. Who knows if we are kind of like that here today, the Esthers of today. So remember this verse, 1 Peter 3.15. There's two parts. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. That's what we're doing in liturgy. And be ready to give a defense out there to everyone who asks a reason that hope is in you. The hope is in you. Last thing I'm going to share. Last thing I'm going to say is this. I want you to be proud of the middle school kids who are in Baltimore right now. I'm telling you, they shocked me in a good way. They shocked me in a good way. This is your, a lot of your children, and it's our children of the church. We're in Baltimore, and we're knocking on doors, and we're telling people to come to Christ and come to the church. And if there's anything we need to pray for for you, some people said we don't need any prayer. And some people said, no, I just had a beloved one who passed away. Your kids prayed for them. There's an old lady, her name is Grace. She's 92 years old, the sweetest lady in the world. 
your kids went and encouraged her and they asked her, hey, what would you like us to pray for? And she said, I remember, please pray for my teeth. I have no more teeth in my, in my gums. Please face I can at least chew some food. And then she said, pray for my children and my grandchildren. And then she said something nice. She said, pray for the country because and, and it's getting darker and darker. So one of your, your kids, I won't say their name, they prayed for, for them. And it was an amazing prayer. And I was amazed by, by your kids. They're, they are doing that. They, are the, they, are, they know that they're part of a vineyard. And there's one story of a person, when we knocked on his door, he has a heart condition and he is dying. And he said, can you please pray? And one of the young men, who's actually one of your children, he, he went to pray, he was praying with all his heart for that man who has a heart condition. And that wasn't it. Then your kids went to an addiction center. Yeah, we took them to an addiction center. Where people, this is the, wor- the, the worst stories you can ever imagine. And if I tell you, don't be upset with me, how when you took my kids there. But I tell you, there was one guy who spoke up and he said, I murdered three people. That was his introduction to us. I murdered three people. We all looked at each other and said, what are we doing here? And <laughs> but then he went on to say that, you know, he was almost died three or four times from an overdose of drugs. And he's been down and whatever, and he's thinking about Jesus. And then our group shared with him about Jesus and told him and did a skit and shared and encouraged him. At the end, he was in tears and he was so thankful for the group. And there was like six or seven men who were, their stories, when they shared them, you were like, you'd be blown away on how much heroin and drugs killed them since they were kids. Since they were little children, they didn't even have a chance. And they're there suffering and struggling But your kids, our kids of this church, which I'm so amazed by, were the second altar. They were bringing hope. Remember that verse? Sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready to give a defense for the hope that is in you. They shared the hope that was in them to so many people in Baltimore. And I'm telling you, that's what we need to do. That's our daily life. It's not a mission trip. It's our life as a church in STSA. That that's how we should be. But we can't bring hope unless we hear being purified, being clean. Here is a day of cleaning and purifying. Out there is a day of being, bringing hope to so many people. So, and we thank God that your children were lights to the people there. There was even vets from the military who really were encouraged. Your children cooked food for the vets of the military. I know they cooked. And they made some great they were cooking meat for tacos and made tacos. I know, it was, it was amazing. And they, they served the food and they, go, they went and sat with them and they shared the Bible with them and shared good news to them. What a beautiful three or four days we had out there. But that's, I'm just telling you that just so you know that the youngest and the oldest, all of us have the same responsibility to share the hope that is in you. We are planted in this vineyard for a reason. Be ready, be courageous to tell people how amazing God is in your life. Let's pray for that rest of liturgy. Let's lift up our hearts in liturgy so we can become the second altar outside. And glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.